This week on The Uncommon Truth, we're talking about how to find and follow God's will for your life. You definitely don't want to miss it. Stick around. You are listening to The Uncommon Truth, a podcast produced by the Father's House Church of Orville, where we discuss Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. The Uncommon Truth is available anywhere podcasts can be found, so make sure you subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and let us know what you think so that more people can get involved with the conversations about Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be. Yeah. Welcome to The Uncommon Truth. (laughs) Hey. We're glad to have you guys um, for the, I guess it's the second time in like three or four weeks you guys have returned from Reno. That's like a very... (laughs) very popular destination spot but this time you didn't you didn't have mark with you it was just a it was a marital getaway right 41st anniversary oh that's right that's right yes. yeah we celebrated that last yep. week yep but we okay. this was our trip for this that. really nice trip. too when you're in your first again. 10 years you try to go on the day that kind of fades away into 30s and 40s you yep. kind of like just try to fit it into your life so is it like a is it like a anniversary week or a month or when when do you get uh, to celebrate well, the whole we just, we year. Went, yeah we just the whole year. we barely celebrate the day you know mm-hmm. two three years ago as our house burning down was how we celebrated we had friends over for dinner and we were watching the smoke and the fire come towards us yeah and so that's just how we roll you know and uh, <laughs> but normal a general year is hey it's our anniversary you know Let's we exchange cards and love each other but then we plan something around it yeah mm-hmm. and this time it was a little trip to reno by ourselves and I we said really, you it was, it was purely delightful really yeah, it was just purely delightful we went to tahoe we went to silver city we went to virginia city virginia city, city. la haunted reservoir we just yeah. went mm-hmm. to a lot of different places just to sit and Gazing into each other's eyes, wasn't yeah. it? We just Gazing sat, into each other's eyes. That's it. That's it. And the the bickering level has gone. There's no yeah, there is no bickering a, a level. Bit. You're exaggerating. You, what, you tell oh, people they're, we they're turning about. on me. They're turning <laughs> on me. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> we yeah. love so we, each other. Yeah, we started keeping account um, oh of who who's on time or at least I, mean, I don't think anybody was actually on time, but who was more on time than the other. So this week, Steve wins. No, because... But Vicki, can you tell us why you weren't on time? Yes, I was absolutely on time, and I went... I This happens to me. I don't know if I need to pray through something, but when I'm ready to go on time, something supernatural happens. And today, <laughs> my purse... Women, you'll understand this. My purse somehow... The strap of my purse got lodged into the utensil drawer. <laughs> and I don't know, some of Steve's utensils actually wedged the door with the uh, drawer closed. Okay. So my, my well, the drawer that Steve installed and so built my, in the house my, Steve built. My strap yeah. is still sitting there. My my purse is hanging in front of my three drawers of my kitchen. And you had and to empty out your purse into a backup purse. I had a and backup wait, wait, purse, wait. yep. And I she had She would have been on time if it wasn't for the purse. Oh no. And then Is there I, anything else? Oh yeah. And so then finally I grabbed I grabbed I'm trying I'm trying to FaceTime Steve. I'm not gonna tell you whether or not he answered me to help me to to ex I need the jaws of life for my purse. <laughs> and he wouldn't help me. So I I mean I didn't I'm not gonna tell you if he could help me. And then I, so I, I get a backup purse, and I, I don't even have time to take the tags off, correct? Okay, right. So Ross, yeah. 10% off because I went to senior day. But anyway, so I get in the mm. car, which I haven't driven for a week, and we've had some beautiful friends up there at our house. We love them. And the uh, gate opener 
he put a he put a different gate opener in because the other mine somewhere else, and my gate wouldn't open. Okay. So now I'm poised on the side of a hill in a car in 92 degree weather, 95 mm -hmm. degree. Let's say make it 100. Yeah. And now it's yeah. And so then I have to get out of my car, manually open the gate, wait Imagine. for the gate. Yeah, it was horrible. And then there was less than an eighth of a tank of gas, and I'm I'm, I'm kind of weird weird about when I see it less than a quarter. Yeah. I think I'm going to run out of gas. So. I was late by seven minutes. But when okay. I got here, Steve wasn't ready. Seven he was on the phone. Minutes. Seven minutes. <laughs> you were minutes. on the phone. <laughs> but so no. We'll, yeah, we'll give Steve the minutes. edge for this one. He, keep, got, he may have gotten updated. the edge by a nose. I was here 10 minutes before. But yeah, Luke's at seven. It was, I don't that, care what Luke it was says. that drawer you gave me. <laughs> it was that drawer Steve built. He built that gate. drawer for me. It was that me. drawer Steve built and that And the utensils the, the he uses. Opener. Yeah, it was his fault. Yes. Okay. But I do have, um, you know, every every week I'm always fact checking what Steve says. Okay, so make sure that could be a new segment, the <laughs> fact checker. Except what you're fact checking now, I didn't say you. <laughs> no, did. you have. Well, well, anyway, it's Hebrews 13:8. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think Steve okay. said 13:9. Yeah, it was okay. Vicky. <laughs> It was Vicky. <laughs> That's I what you guys do on your on we your anniversaries, check. vacations. You go back and listen to All listen the to the podcasts. Yeah. And we did. Yeah, we yeah. did. They were good. They're really good. I actually enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. You did do a great you, job. Thank you. In spite of the people you're interviewing. It's really miraculous how well you guys do. Yeah. Well, this is this is good. And uh, for those who don't know, I am I'm just the the face of a team. So we've got our our producers Luke and Yosu help me out. So That's right. yeah. what a it team. is not a one man crew. I just get to. Get, get to the, put my face in front of it, but mm -hmm. um, and last week actually was the first time. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I didn't wear a hat last week, so you everybody know, I got to that. got to notice on YouTube there that I am actually bald. And when when people <laughs> use the verses, you know, the Lord knows how many hairs are on That's the top right. of your head. That doesn't really that doesn't really impress me that much. Because well, yeah, but, yeah, but you know, he only made a few perfect heads, and the rest he covered with hair. So I mean, okay, yeah, you should walk proud. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's also lots of weird bumps and scars and things that I know. I don't know. I don't see. You know, they're perfect. I think I'd rest Thank in it. He makes perfect I heads. Probably, I like it. I yeah, think he probably rest. He covers with hair. I don't think you should argue with that one. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, I don't think you should beard. kind of push this away from that idea. Yeah. Somebody told me. I I told somebody. You know, hey, it looks like you got a haircut. It looks nice. And they go, actually, I got lots of them cut. Uh, and I was like, wow, that's what it feels like when I deliver jokes. <laughs> it was okay. horrible. Yeah. So yeah, I better, they're better. equally as bad. Yeah. <laughs> better hold off. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm really glad to have you guys here. We, uh, we're going to be talking. We got our School of Transformation coming up, and it's about uh, the first classes start on August 31st. That's Don't the fall. It. It's a six-month school. It's amazing. Amazing. And uh, I went through it. I loved it. So that's coming up, and I've been asking myself things, uh, questions that kind of we would deal with in the School of Transformation or people be thinking about if they're thinking about what they want to do with their, their next six months. Uh, what they would, what questions they would ask. And I think one of the big ones that people who are looking for a school or looking for something in this time, they're going to ask themselves the question, uh, what is God's plan for my life? Or how do I fit into God's will? Or what, what, what am I supposed to be doing with this life, right? It's really good. Um, and so I, th I think it's a really common question. I think a lot of people want to know, not just for like short-term decisions, like should I buy this car? Should I sure. date this person? Should I move to this place? Uh, but also like purpose in life, right? Um, and so I thought, who better to ask than you guys? Mm -hmm. And um, I was wondering what, what it kind of looks like in Christianity today when we're trying to figure out God's plan for our lives. How does that look in the church today? God's plan for your life 
first and foremost is that you accept the call of Jesus Christ to let him pay for your sins, save you from certain damnation, mm-hmm. become holy and righteous because he's holy and righteous, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you receive power from on high for things like love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, the whole, the whole list, and the power to then live in them. The problem is he doesn't make you vacate. You don't have to leave the house. Mm-hmm. You join with him in the house. So therefore, the battle begins about love, joy, peace, patience. So in the course of a day, you're just amazed at how well you feel this peace and how much love you feel for everyone. And then someone cuts you off on the freeway. Your cell phone goes dead or something really traumatic happens, you know, like that. And, your and, you, and, and, and you, your purse gets stuck in a drawer and you blame it on the gate opener. Yeah. And and you you just or the house builder. <laughs> and you immediately, <laughs> you immediately take over control, right? Okay. Yeah. And uh, you, now the battle for peace is on. The battle for good self-control is on. And so this is the will of God for your life. Now, this is something you can do no matter where you're listening. If you're in a boat fishing and listening to the podcast, or if you're sitting there ready to go at the start line, waiting for the gun to fire for you to get going, you're looking for someone to empower you. Really, unless you've done the first grade portion, the, the elementary school portion of Christianity that you have given yourself over to be controlled by a visiting entity, that you have opened your heart, invited him in, and surrendered control of your life. We are in a time of such incredible selfishness and self-determination and self-control, mm. like control of our own destiny yeah. and decisions and all that. That it's, I would say this is the most horrendous request I could make of a person to surrender and submit and yeah, give your life away. In their eyes, that'd be you, the hardest yeah. thing to ask somebody. You would think that when they have screwed up their life by taking control so many times and they have been so miserable and found themselves in such despair that when I tell them I know a way for you not to have all that despair, you just have to surrender. You'd think they would, that we wouldn't have enough room the doors would not be wide enough to get them all in mm-hmm. to accept that deal. But it's exactly the opposite. You can sit and wait all day and the door won't, the doorbell won't ring. The phone won't ring because people are so adamantly against surrendering themselves over to control, being controlled by someone else. Mm-hmm. And so that's the number one call of God. Obviously, that's not what you're referring to with people listening. And I know that it's people who have already are already in that journey already on that effort you know they're they're a work in progress what do they do with what they know and uh, that is also a very easy answer that i can't believe some of the answers i get on this subject jesus said this very simple thing he said you saw me hungry and you fed me so if let's just use that one thing you saw me hungry and you fed me well when did i feed you when you did so to the least of these, my brethren, you did so unto me. Okay, what's that mean in terms of this? Well, he, was, he is calling us and holding us responsible to the need we see. Okay. Okay? Now, the need we see. I saw you hungry and I fed you. That means the need I see is my calling. A hundred people have told me, that's not my calling. Okay. Well, Jesus said... You saw me hungry and did not feed me. When didn't I feed you? 
when you did not feed the least of these my brethren when you saw them, as you did not feed them, so you did unto me. Mm-hmm. And I think it's real clear that the needs we see around us, that is the ministry, that is the call of God. Mm. We are in turmoil today. We are in horrors. I want to go out and tell them how wrong they are politically. I want to tell them how right I am politically. I want to tell them while they're destroying my country. I want to tell them all these things. And that just is not my message. Yeah. I want to start lawsuits against the governor. I want to go and do all these things in my flesh. But I find when I surrender my will to him, that doesn't seem to be what his will is. His will is... When you see them hungry, when you see them thirsty, when you see them naked and afraid, when you see them ill, you know, sick, Mm -hmm. you bandage their wounds. You bring them what they need. You teach them what they need. I see the greatest need, and I I think I'm responsible because I see it. It's self-hate. So here I see self-hate, and because I saw it, now I'm responsible for it. I saw you hating yourself, and I did nothing to help you learn who you are. I did nothing to help you learn who he is. I saw you misunderstanding who he is and I did nothing. Well, when, when you did so did, when that happened to them, you were doing it to me. Oh, so this is the answer to the question. Everybody's asking that question for a, why don't you go to Bible school? I can say, come here because I, that's exactly what we're going to teach you. Your identity in his identity and your identity in him. Who is God? What is he calling you to do? I think a few months ago, you know, back, it's been a few months longer than that now because you're, you're, you and your wife are way far along in this process. But let's go back when you first got here. Mm. You know, we didn't have these ministries. How did a podcast ministry, the development of camps, how did it become possible? Because you chose to come here. Mm, yeah. Well, and, I, I and, wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah. And and these guys came here with these talents. They didn't come here to do this. They came here just to find out who they are and who God is. I happen to know that's why Yost came here. He just like is confused by all the different noises. Yeah. All the voices were making noise. Well, he comes here and starts to work on his belief about who God is. And then his belief about who he is. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, I see this. Well, how can I help? Well, you're, we have all these needs. I can do that. Yeah. I exactly. saw the need and I ignored it because it wasn't my calling would be the goat. You, you saw it and you didn't do it. And so you didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. So all the people who are looking about what I do, well, those that could come here, I will show them a better way. We, all of us, you, them, all of us, this team of 60 people will show them a better way. They will then have a choice to follow it or not follow it. And if they don't, if they can't come here, and I, I, I recognize they can't come here. Everyone can't come yeah. here. It's limited. But they could start one of these where they live. They could call me up and say, how do I do what you're doing? Yeah, come for a visit and, and check and it out. They can come for a visit. I can go there after they come here. Mm-hmm. I can help people start stuff where they're at. But... Most of us, this world system has so caught us into this self-hate that it, it takes more than a day or a week to start looking in the mirror and saying, wait a minute, he is using me, and I don't have to be perfect. He's perfect enough. 
And if I just surrender to him and let him take the lead, he'll get my imperfect rear end where he wants it to be. If I'll let him steer the car and just start moving, it's impossible to steer a parked car. But I'll just get moving and let him steer. You watch. He'll drive my life right where it needs right. to be. That's cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. It is so perfect of a philosophy, and everything is so simple. It's so easy. The, the what God's will for my life is clearly to accept Jesus Christ's will for my life and let him lead. Let him take the lordship of my life. Mm -hmm. Go where he sends me. Come where he calls me. Do what he tells me to do, no matter the cost. Cost me my education. Cost me my dreams. Cost me whatever, your, your bank account, your security. Let it go. Surrender to him. Take him in. Let the fruit of the Spirit begin to take power in your life. And then watch the desires, the, the talents that were just, I mean, he was giving out talents. He didn't tell me, get Max here. He has the talent you need. No, he said, get Max here. He needs to know me better because mm -hmm. I have a plan for him that he's missing. And you watch the rest of your life is going to come from the moment you moved here. It's if you if you leave here and go on, no matter where you end up, you're going to look back at a turning point at a crossroads that happened here where your vision changed. You may go right back to what you were doing before, but you watch, you'll be doing it differently because I got to better. know him. Oh, absolutely. That's right. And okay. that's kind of the way it is. And I hope I'm not taking too long, but this is the most important thing. The answer <laughs> to your question is so important. What is God's plan for my life? That you know Jesus Christ and you be known by him. Yeah. You surrender to his lordship, that he must literally be your master. And then he will bring you, I promise you, I can promise every person on earth this, he will bring you into line, in position, where your particular gifts and talents will come in handy. You'll actually be able to be used in the kingdom. And, and guess what? That is such a privilege. Mm -hmm. I tell my people all the time, you know, a place like this where your gifts and talents can suddenly be on display, suddenly be used, you can actually have success in your gifts and not talents. Alone. Maybe not what you thought they were. He's going to reveal what he wants to use. Yep. And you think it's everywhere? Vicki and I tried like crazy to fit in places in, where they would use our gifts and talents. There just was no room at the end. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah. Anyway, I think Vicki's jumping to... No, I, I just I just think it's really we were actually we're talking about this on the way home from our, um, Reno today is is that you know we've been Christians for 40, 46 and forty one years respectively and it's like we're we're like pinching ourselves saying how did we get here how do we have you such know, a how do we have life? Such yeah you guys life? say that all the time we do yeah. and, and and we were talking about that it's like we're you know we started when we were twenty two and twenty three I mean he started a little earlier than that but when we got together. And we just said yes to Jesus. And I think so often in Christianity, people think the um, will for the, of the Lord for them is whatever they feel like their talents are, mm -hmm. which is true. But I think just your simple yes, just say yes to the next thing, even though you don't feel like you're called to the nursery or you don't feel like you're called to outreach. You just start saying yes. And it's, it's like he, because of that, because to wh whom's given little, you know, and it has to go much as uh, to him whom much is given much, much is, is required. required yeah and so um that I, we've seen that in our life yeah it's like i stand here and i don't know if i said this a few weeks ago but i stood on the on the um the sand of our uh, the bank of our, our little pond and i just i remember when we started 21 years ago i remember who we were i was an eyewitness and i just lord oh my goodness 
Lord, we were just kind of going through what God has done when we were gone. We were just like the different ministries, the different people. And I am just ecstatic with mm-hmm. what Jesus has done uh, through me. And, you know, and I, I didn't do anything with the pond, but, it's, but I'm part of it. Yeah, well, you, you led the people who, who found out who the Lord was, found yeah. out who they were, and then because of that, they found out how God wanted to use them. Right. And the outpouring was we dammed up a field, poured water into it, and now we have a rope swing and a couple docks and kayaks yeah. and things for kids. Not just to swim around, but actually to minister to, to, to have rela- you know create a to platform learn. to minister Jesus. about Jesus. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. So I mean, I always think about that. Uh, I was thinking back about the camp out today, where I mean, it's fun to have fun with kids, sure. but the the goal is kids' love language is play. Yep. Right. If you'll play with them and pay attention to them, then they'll trust anything you say. Right. Yep. And so you spend a few days in the woods. Just everything is for the kids. Like uh, every little thing, like from fun fun meals and. Uh, things like that that their parents don't force them to eat something we're just gonna have hot dogs and it's gonna be awesome right cooked over the fire every little thing is for them and then they're willing to listen to to what you have to say about about anything really and we want to tell them about jesus now we've been to multi-million dollar camps my history as a youth pastor was like these big old organizational things and Mm. you know we really did reach kids at those camps Uh but we just did a camp that was absolutely podunk as it can get (laughs) like like bottom dollar but the programming the programming yeah. and the layout and the and the flow and then the quality of the team mm-hmm. was so incredible those yeah. kids had true encounters with Jesus Christ they had real it was that was a that was probably one of the best quality camps ever yeah. you know in terms of response in terms Jesus. of kids saying hey something happened yeah first night they yeah. they were saying we'd been first out there night. for We've been out there for six hours, and I'm like, this is the best day of my life. And it's like, you only got here at 1. Yeah. And it's only 7.30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? The best day of so, my life. So I, it's like, you know you got oh, three more of these coming up, right? That's so cool. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, and think, that's, and I, I guess think, that's me. That's me kind of, like, I didn't come here to, I, I was running a camp, right? I know. Yeah. Um, and I didn't come here to run, run another camp. camp. No. Nope. Um, but I came here because I wanted to, I wanted to know more about the Lord. I wanted to know him, not just about him, but I wanted to know him. Right? So you didn't run this camp, did you? No, I was just, right? I just was a cabin leader. How about you? A, the, a guy who's run camps for years, being willing to away. go in and just be a servant in a camp oh, great. and let I a girl who's think. never run a camp in her life, run the camp and time. serve her. And that's the nature of the father's house. That's what I'm talking about. When you surrendered your life, you started doing what God wanted you to do. Mm. Does that mean you'll never run a camp again? I don't know. I, I have no idea your future about that. I just know that the quality of that is across the board. It's what everyone here does. Yep. I'll follow you today, and you can you can go ahead and tell me what you need done, and I'll try mm-hmm. to serve you with it. And it's just that is what God wants you to do. So the answer to the question, what is what's God's plan for my life? That you learn to surrender and submit. You invite him in, let him take over, let him possess and own you and let his your life be his life bought with a price. And that then you take that filling and you surrender and submit to serve whatever need is in front of you, whatever need you see, whether it's hungry, thirsty, naked and afraid, sick, bandaging wounds, whether it's just speaking kind words to people mm-hmm. who Good. shockingly we live in a time where kids are 10 12 14 years old they've never had a kind word said to them yeah. that is shocking yeah and we know many never had a kind word said to them it's like really 
We've had testimonies here in our school of ministry where a grown-up woman said, until she, be, until she became an adult, no, no human ever fed her food. No wow. one ever handed her food. Hmm. Like your whole That's childhood, crazy. how did you survive? Yeah. You know, they would just put food out. They would just, like, they'd grab fast food and just throw it out on the table, and it was a free-for-all. Hmm. They would grouse the rest of the time. Just crazy stuff. Well, coming back from that is teaching love, love and mercy, and that's the plan for your life. There's so much hurting. It's not to build your own future and ensure that you are taken care of in your old age. It is not to ensure that you don't bypass educational opportunities. It is to surrender. I, I know a young man that God's going to send back to school to become a doctor, hmm. and I'm 100% for it. And I know people that could go to school and be fairly rich and God's not sending them there. Yeah. And they're happy to surrender and say, Hey, I want to do what he wants me to do. Mm -hmm. Amen. So God bless, man. That's, that's, so, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. As you were talking, I was wondering, like for me, I, I guess I'm blessed and I might sound arrogant, but I, I can see what I'm good at mm -hmm. and I can, I can say, okay, I've got these strengths and I can be thankful for them. Um, but I, I think I'm kind of in the minority in that. I think there's a lot of people, probably a lot of people listening there saying, I just don't even know what I'm good at. And I don't know how God would ever use me. Mm. What would you say to somebody like that? I would say, again, just do something. See the need, like Steve said. It's uh, what you did to the least of these, my brother, brother that you do unto me. I, you know, I think we, I, a, few a few months ago, we talked about um, my giftings. My giftings are not um, a tangible thing. I don't know how to build much at all. Like physically, you know, I can clean and, you know, I, I, I'm not a decorator. I'm not, a, I, can't, I can't organize a mud run or events, but I can be an assistant to them. Mm -hmm. um, I can also love and my gift, my gift, I have come to figure out my gift is a love and to be hospitable. So it really is, you can do something. And even what the problem is oftentimes, Max, people look at other people's, uh, strengths and says and then say I can't do that I can't do what Max does he's so mm -hmm. good at he's so good at the camp he's so good at podcasts he's so good at media you know that's where we we're in we lose what the what the will of God is for our life because each one of us is unique and, and he made us so unique for me it was really probably um four or five years years into the father's house where the fa where he just said to me you're a mom and so you can be a mom to many and that's what I, I really, it really has um, just really uh, softened my, my identity. I know who I am. I don't have to compare myself against you or mm. my daughters or my husband because you look at my daughters and my sons and my husband, they're all strong, really strong leaders, builders, visionaries. And I don't see things until they're built. You know, I'm just not a visionary, you know. Yeah. Um, he does. Steve does. So I think for the person who doesn't know what their gifts and talents are, and there's many of us, it's just love the next person in front of you. Give your life away. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a great question. That's good. And, and yeah, I, I think of that, and it really simplifies things, right, where, where you're – I mean, it's outside. We see it all the time, right? We've got neighbors that need a house painted or yeah. we need people, just people who need food. To love them. Get, bring, right? them a, bring them a lunch. Exactly. Serve the, or serve the, serve the vision of someone else. Serve the vision of your pastor. How can I help you? What do you need me to do? Of course, I'll try to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, wherever your church is, is you know, just serve the, someone, make someone else famous. Be the, uh, be the strength behind someone else because there's so many things 
in ministries and churches that need to be done. So what if you don't know you you know you're, you're supposed to run a camp or or do a podcast or or you know have a co-op, do do something though. Serve the need of someone else, the vision of someone else. Yeah. Well, you bring up bring up the co-op, and this is one of the things when we first visited that really caught my eye. So the co-op, for those who don't know, is uh, is like the nursery for. Keep doing that. Man. I know that's that was me. I keep <laughs> hitting the. Uh, the she hit, she's uh, doing cheers with the the microphone. Yeah. Um, so the co-op is is where my kids go during the day when Sharia and I are serving at, at mm-hmm. the father's house, right? So Sharia serves at the Lord's Gym, and I serve in the business office doing lots of things. Podcast is one of them. And so we were like, okay, well, what, what about our kids, right? And our kids are all below school age. Yep. So they, they go to the co-op, and they wake up on days that they're supposed to go to the co-op. They are so excited uh-huh. to go there. And when I pick them up at, at the end of the day, they get to tell me all the Aww. different things that they learned. So uh, they learned a, a song in Norwegian about Aww. a bear yesterday Aww. that they were singing in Norwegian because wow. one, one, one of the girls our, is from Norway. Yeah, one of our, our volunteers in the co-op is Rebecca. from Norway, right? Yeah. So shout out to Rebecca. Yep. Thanks yeah. for teaching about the Norwegian Hopefully bear. Hopefully you listen to our podcast. And, um, and I know that, so Heather, who is, she plays a big deal of leadership in the, in the co-op. She she had a hard time working with kids, and uh, she really she would have said, "I don't really want to work with kids at Absolutely. all." Absolutely. And my kids adore her, and they they look forward to seeing her every day. They call her Kever, and they're they're so excited about seeing her. But it's because she said yes, yes. right? She, she said, said yes, yes and, and she saw the need. Um, and now, what would I mean? In, in one way, you're looking at that and saying, "Okay, well, this isn't my goal, and I'm just." I'm just making it possible for Max and Sharia to accomplish wow. their dreams, and I'm stuck here. But really, she's having a lifelong impact on at least my three kids, right? It's such a ministry. I mean, and that's what I'm trying to say is that oftentimes in the churches that we've been to, I've heard it over and over again that people say, hey, would you mind um, helping out in kids' church? Oh, no, I'm not called to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, can you help over here? No, I'm not called to that. Well, yes, you are because there's a need there. So Heather was, is a great example uh, you know, she thought, you know, she's had some some, tra- some real tra- tragic things happen in relationship to children, you know, like with her child, you know, when she was when she was struggling in the world. And it was just too painful for her to be around kids. Mm-hmm. But she said yes, because there was a need. And now she knows that's her mi- she knows it's her mission field. She knows it's her ministry. And she just said yes. And the Lord has a way of changing your heart when you say yes. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you came here and, and your heart and passion was was ca- a camp. We mm-hmm. didn't have a camp. You know, we didn't have a podcast. And, you know, just through a set of circumstances, the Lord just changes visions and changes ideas. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you're serving at a beautiful kids camp. Yeah. And, you know, your, your wheels are going crazy and how you're going to make, you know, do things, I think, mm-hmm. too. And how this podcast It's like... So it just, it really is the need in front of you. Just say yes, no matter what anybody asks you to do. Mm-hmm. So w- what happens when we, when we see that need, but we decide, oh, that's too hard? Or <laughs> do, you, do you ever think that's the case? Like people subconsciously, they see the need, and instead of entertaining the thought, I'm going to go and I'm going to go meet that need, they instead say, Oh, what about this other need in Hawaii? Or what about this other need <laughs> somewhere beach. else, right? Does that ever happen? Well, that happens a lot. And the truth is, that mainly the first one happens the most because most people know that 
while you're waiting to go to Hawaii, which isn't open to you tomorrow, you have a, you have a responsibility for the need you see Today. until he takes you to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But here's the problem. What you're saying is that's too hard? It is. There is 99.9% of the people created on earth are not self-sufficient in the ability to create a vision come true. There are very few people that can see something and just go out and do it, put in the time, their own money, their own energy, their own knowledge, and have the wherewithal to put it together and do it. No, that is why Paul the Apostle, why in every case, it's the uh, body of Christ. It's the need for the community. Now, that guy that can go do it, he will create this puny little thing, and he'll do it really well, or she, I'm sorry, he or she, will do it really well. But you go and you teach them how to create team, how to create family, how to live as a body, a connected, united group. You can lead them into learning how to weave responsibility in what's called lateral leadership, lateral community, where everybody is important to everybody. We need you and you need us. Mm -hmm. And let's say, hey, let's all go do this and watch us and little like a group of ants building an ant farm. All of a sudden you go, wow, it wasn't that one person did the work of one person and they got five more people to join them so they did the work of six people. No, when five more joined them, those six people got the work done of 10 people and not just the work, but the effect. So one puts to flight a thousand, two puts to flight 10,000 is what it says about David and, 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 and Saul. And that's a principle of multiplication. One should put to flight a thousand, two should put to flight two thousand, but it isn't. One is one thousand, two is ten thousand. There's a multiplication by unity. Mm. And that's why when someone says, My vision is too much, well, then go join someone else's vision, plug your body into their body until that body says, Hey, we need something to do. This member of our body has this vision. Let's get that done. Yeah. Around here, we are working on so many visions. You, oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to keep track. I'm actually, I am actually confused today, on a regular basis as to, uh, man, I can't keep it all, keep track of it all. And that's kind of been my gifting is to keep track of it all, to see the vision, keep track of it, fund it, bring in the resources, uh, allocate the people, you know. And we start with a group that decides where the, you know, called the executive staff. We decide where the, you know, we, we do advisory to where all the assets are allocated, mm-hmm. right? And which which projects we'll take because we have too many. But back to your question, how do I do it? It's so it's so big. When I, I was I was doing a pastoral coaching for churches in an organization we're involved in and they came and they said, we're just five of us. And they were fairly old people with uh, pretty good finances in a small town up in northern Ontario. Okay. Asking us, what do we do? And so five people. They're not going to move to Oroville. They're not going to be able to give. They, they're the lifetime community people in this community. And they have this very small church that they've all been tithing to, have this big purse string, and they don't know what to do. One of them is the pastor, but he's simply the Bible study leader. You can tell they all sit around a table. And so they have a church of five or 10 or 15 people. Mm-hmm. And I asked them, what are you good at? And this is their, their straight-up answer, baking. I mean, I just was a flash. I was a flash with vision. Yeah. Are you kidding? Now, you live in a town, the way you named it, it was one of those, you know, 
uh, Seagull Cove kind of names, you know, where the yeah. minute they say it, you can picture it. Yeah. Yeah, it was one just, of those. It was like Garden Highway. Well, oh, there's flowers along the highway. Anyway, it's just Seagull a name, Cove. you know, Seagull Cove or oh, wow. Seagull's Nest. Yeah. Immediately you see this place, you know. And I said, do you have any community festivals, any gatherings? Oh, they do that all the time. They have flower festivals and fish festivals. And yes. Seagull. I said, then Seagull bake. Festivals. Then you got all this money. Go bake. Yep. And go out and set up a set, buy a, a, a booth and just have a free fee, free baked goods, and huh. every everyone you give baked goods to, just tell them, I you know, God bless you. Can we pray for you? Free, you know, can we pray for you? Can we, you know, yeah. And just and and go out and try this. They all just got a flame with vision. Yeah, they all started seeing it. It was like they were looking at each other, going, "We, we didn't do, think. We why didn't this. we think about that? Yeah. You know, it's just like baking. We have money and we have baking." Mm-hmm. Less, and you have plenty of time, you're all retired. Yeah. So why don't you set up, a, why don't you start to strategize for your town, Seagull's Cove, and whatever it was called anyway. I wouldn't want to live in Seagull's Cove. I wouldn't want to live in Seagull's. Sounds like a lot of, a lot a lot of, of airborne A lot of airborne poop. Yeah, poop. Going down. Oh, you two have no vision. <laughs> Yeah, I got to tell you. Well, we can you bake guys, the seagulls. Why don't you guys into, stay with uh, me? I'll, I'll show you how to okay. do this. You know, it's, okay. it's, he's, it's really good, though, because um, at the father's house, I was just thinking back 21 years ago, and how we started was just we started sweeping glass out of the street so little kids wouldn't cut themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, start, we were, it was so, such an auspicious start. And today I think about the, the love and a cookie where Jonathan Glenn goes yeah, to Walmart. Love and a cookie. He goes over Walmart, which on the first of the month is – the busiest yeah, Walmart, Walmart in the Walmart's world. Walmart's pretty crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty and much everything in our Walmart is locked. You have to get somebody to open yeah. it up because things you, get you got Q-tips, you got to get them locked. Anyway, um, you know, we have an outreach. It's called uh, Loving a Cookie. And uh, he just walks up and gives a cookie. And, you know, hey, just, Jesus loves you. Would you like you. a cookie? Jesus mm-hmm. loves you. And people ask, well, why are you doing it? Because Jesus loves you. And he just wants you to know that. So it's very, we have some those Simple. kind of mi- mi- uh, ministries all the way to, you know, a church camp or, you know, or a huge mud run, you know. Yeah, or the school of transformation. School of right? transformation. Yeah. And honestly, um, I think I, I think this broadcast should be, why why wouldn't you come to the school of transformation? Mm-hmm. Because it's just, it's six months and it's on-the-job training and there's so much mentoring. And if you have a vision for your city, we will help you develop a plan when you go back. We Our, our goal is not to keep you here unless God tells you to be here. We will help you. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your exit strategy to, to you know, because you're not going to be able to do in Seagull Cove what you do in Oroville. I mean, there, you know, it has to be, there are bones to this thing yeah. where it just give it, it's basic premise of what's God's will for you and how do you give your life away. And there's so many of us here that are all kind of on the same team doing that. Mm-hmm. Since, so since you guys don't like Seagull Cove, let's go with Apple Hill. Primrose Apple Lane. Hill. Primrose Lane. Yeah. Something like that where the name that gives Lane. you a vision anyway. Okay. You know, and it's created a vision for your area anyway. Yeah. And, and so that's New York. That, yeah, that's pretty no, New York <laughs> is a rebuild of York. Yeah. Well, which was, was sacked, Amsterdam before. Which That's was right. sacked by William Wallace oh, back boy. in... Okay, never right. mind. Okay, we're... <laughs> uh, hey, are we veering off Luke at all right now? We're veering yeah, off. Luke, you you're supposed to get us back on the line here. He's, uh, he's Luke, got those... Luke. We're going to get him those Luke. things that with the airplane, you know, where you tell the guy to take off or go to the Land. left or the right, yeah, landing. I think yeah. you guys are taking off. Well, that's, that's cool. I, I think that a lot of people can grasp onto that. What can yeah. I do now? Because you're, you're talking about giving cookies away at yeah. Walmart, right? Like, yeah. what do, Anybody can what do, do I got? 
I've got cookies and I got time. That's right. right? But you said and I got you know, a Walmart down what the you were talking about was it's too hard to do this and too hard to do that. Do and really, something. the answer is body up. That's why it was so important that well, yes. it's so important yeah. that you not just get together with another group of individuals, but that every, you find a place where people are surrendered to each other. That's really the point we don't want to lose is church is a body and the hand is connected to the arm. And if, if the hand doesn't need the arm, the hand is dead. Mm -hmm. The eye cannot say to the ear, I have no need of you. We need it. And so it's really important that people get up off their couches, get to church, join church, find out what they can do too. And when they hear an announcement, we're going to Walmart. It was really funny. His first name for that ministry was uh, Cookie of Love. <laughs> yeah, we, we gave him a hard time. We, we gave him such a hard time. And he laughed, too. Yeah. We all laughed with him. Look and he said, boy. how about yeah. love in a cookie? And we all went, yay. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Love in a cookie. We like that. So when he announces it, I mean, some people in our church that can't be in the day-to-day -day here, yeah. they really can't. They come to me and they say, what is your favorite thing? My favorite thing is going with Jonathan to the Walmart and giving out, just talking to people. Just, hey, yeah. can I pray for Hey, Jesus loves you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Can I pray for you? Anything, any prayer requests? And the people turn around and go, you know what? I am. I do need prayer. My mother's yeah. in the hospital or I do need prayer. My son's sick. Mm -hmm. And they ask for prayer. And it's just shocking how beautiful that is and how many people just want to join. They want to connect to something. And and my the sad story is that in our life, we go to churches and there's nothing to connect to, very little to connect to other than be, be taught the Bible, prayer groups, attendance. But how can I get out these four walls and be the church in, the, in mm -hmm. your city? Church how can we be the ecclesia? How can we be the church on the move, church outside the four walls? How can we yeah. make Sunday morning the least important thing we do? Mm -hmm. Good. But still phenomenally important, but everything else. Yeah. Get out there and, and, and preach the gospel and show the love of Jesus to the world and be essential to our community where they don't think, hey, if the Father's house closes, we're going to lose a lot. Mm -hmm. Let's keep it afloat. Let's help it stay afloat. Yeah. And a lot of people come to our church now curious that didn't used to come because of rumor, you know. Mm -hmm. that they're, they're, they're going to work you to death kind of thing. And that's just so untrue. Um, we're not going to work you to death because if you have Jesus Christ and you want to jump in, if you want, however hard you want to work, you get to. And if you work hard, you're going to mount up with wings like eagles. You're mm -hmm. going to run and not grow weary. As long as you're plugged into the vine, as long as you have that oil flowing from God yeah. to you. Well, I was going to ask about that. So does it work to just take what you're already doing and try to add Jesus to it? Like just okay, well, I'm I'm doing this, so let's add a little bit of Jesus. Or or honestly, is that is the most common thing. And what's funny is that question is about ministry. Mm -hmm. But what I think people do is they forget that their marriage, their 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 Children. parenting, schooling, everything, their job, their being the boss or the employee, being the manager or the follower, you know, the worker bee. Yeah, all of them fit what you're asking. Everybody's trying to put Jesus into their job. They want to call their construction business a Christian business. There's no chance on earth it can be a Christian business. What my construction work has to be, I can't be a carpenter who happens to be a Christian. I have to be a Christian who happens to be a carpenter. Mm. My everything, my parenting, my my husbanding, my family leadership, priesthood, the my pastoring of my church, my house building, my just ability uh, numbers wise in business my what's that called acumen uh, 
Yeah, my my ability to manage the affairs of many many entities. Yeah, I can't just try to f say, Jesus, can you come along and help me do these things? I have to do these things by the power of Jesus Christ. I have to do these things, all of them, parenting as well, preaching every week. I mean, just try to preach every single week for 30, 40 years <laughs> and have something to say. And yeah. I, hey, look, we turn this off right now and start another one. I'm going to have a lot to say mm. because it runs out. I never run out. <laughs> it's like the, the I eternal never flame. run out the eternal flame. The, the, <laughs> the, Olympic the, torch. the Makarios, the, the, un, the, 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 the source that never, full. that never deplenishes. That's right. Is that the right word? No, no. I believe that you called it the Zerubbabel <laughs> principle. The Zerubbabel principle. That's right. Yeah. Listening where, that sounds like a, a book. I know. Where, yeah, the Zerubbabel principle, where Zerub yeah. the vision of Zerubbabel, where he saw that after the Messiah came, there would be this flow of God's holiness. Wow. What they only had in a box inside the temple behind a curtain or only hope for was his pillar of fire presence. He would visit and unvisit or he lived on a mountain. He was saying that there would be these tubes, these, these, what he didn't know how to describe a pipe. So he described it pretty well though, a tube of the flow of this oil into these gatherings. It's interesting. He didn't describe it as into these individuals. He described wow. it as this flow into the, mm -hmm. to these gatherings. It's very easy to see in his vision, meant churches, churches yeah. full of the oil of God that would flow and it would never end. And you you would not get to tired. It, you just disperse it yourself. That's right. Yeah. And so you, in, in this flow and in this lamp that's burning, in this whatever metaphor you want to use, people are going to get married. And their, their family unit has to be filled with Jesus Christ, not it's submitted to him. First, I'm a Christian. Second, I mean, I'm a Christian who's filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he calls me to minister. I have the kingdom principles and my family. When I get married, that marriage has to join those Christian principles, not the Christian principles join my marriage. Mm. You don't apply Christian principles to your marriage. You apply your marriage to Christian principles. Then I have babies. I don't have a clue what to do with this thing. She's the most incredible baby. I, I have fallen in love beyond anything I've ever imagined. And I'm standing there like dumb as a stump. I am shocked. I am going to screw this baby up. I, this is the one human being on earth I never want to do harm to and or ever cause harm to. And on that day, I remember lifting her up to the sky going, help, I don't know what to do. My baby and my parenting of that baby had to be, you, this baby has to come with me. This has got to be my ministry, my ministry, my discipling. I've got the most, the most important discipling I'm going to do is right here. Mm. The most important Christian leadership will be to this baby. Turned out to be four babies eventually. My most important discipleship is in unity with my wife, discipling my children to be disciples of Jesus Christ. I don't try to apply Jesus to my marriage, to my parenting, to my family, to my ministry, to my job to my contracts building houses. No, my, my contracts building houses came out of Jesus, came out of my relationship with Jesus. I'm only mm -hmm. building that house because of the ministry of Jesus Christ. I'm only able to be a good father, good husband, good leader, good mathematician or whatever it is, my gifts and things yeah. were as because I apply, I apply them to my Jesus, not mm -hmm. the reverse. I don't try to make my business a Christian business. If my business isn't Christian, there's something wrong with it. So you don't you don't try to you don't try to fit your 
just make a little bit of room in Jesus and you and what right. you're already, or room for Jesus and what right. you're already doing. It's uh, if there's if Jesus doesn't have room for you to be a carpenter or right. to be what whatever, or, yeah. then then it's just when there's not enough well, time, right? I don't quit being a minister. I quit being a carpenter. Mm-hmm. If there's not enough time, I don't quit being any. I don't quit being a Christian no matter what. I don't lay aside my principles. I see so many guys who try to, well, we'll just pray before we go to work and we'll call it a Christian business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All kinds of crazy, crappy things happen, even larceny, even, even the argument over cheating of money and the yeah. importance of money. But then again, I see other guys who everything is bound around Jesus. No matter what, we're just going to do what Jesus wants us to do. If you want to steal from me, you can steal from me. If you want to take advantage of me, you can take advantage of me. I'm going to serve Jesus. If this is going to cause us to go bankrupt, we're going to do it because we're going to do what Jesus told us to do, and it doesn't matter what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. We're not here to be a successful business. We're here to be a successful Christian, and then the business follows along. And I promise you, whether you make it or don't make it, it'll be God's will in your life. Whether you live here, live there, go here, go there, you practice this principle of everything. The center of everything is your relationship with Jesus Christ and your service to him then everything will go well with you in the land. Like when you go bankrupt, yeah, when you go bankrupt and fail, it'll go well with you in the land. You'll come out of it going, how, how do we come out like this? When your house burns down, you'll go out. How did our house burning down turn out to be this incredible blessing? Mm-hmm. I mean, every single thing that happens to you, good together. or bad, yeah. you'll say, wow, it is true he makes all things work together. It is true yeah. his hand is in everything. So, that, so I heard a few things that I want to recap before before we're done, just so people can remember. And just as we're leaving, you said a few things that struck me. So it's, it's not that you, you, you can't fit Jesus into your life plan. You have to fit your life plan into his, his plan. Right. 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 And, uh, and it's not about trying to come up with this big, big dream that you have to accomplish. It's okay. Well, I see that happening. I I see that need over there. That's Jesus's call for me to do that. And so if you're listening today and, and you want to know what, what Jesus wants to do with your life, start by looking out your window or, or looking around you, looking, looking at your family or your school or wherever you're at and, and asking what he wants you to do and, and just doing it. You're right? responsible to the ministry you see, the need you see. The need you see. Yeah, cool. go ahead. And, um, and if, you, if you'd like to, to get some more training in how to, how to see that vision, come to pass in your community if you live in Seagull Cove or mm-hmm. wherever, then you can come visit the School of Transformation and, yeah. and dedicate six months to to learning how to get that vision, get get your right foundation so you can go and, and start really putting Jesus' plan into action in your life, right? Yeah, and you know there's room for 20, maybe 30 more Okay. for September, and the ages are 18 to... 85. 85. So if you want to know more about School of Transformation, you can go to transformationschool.org. And uh, if you want to check us out on YouTube, I'll put that link under there so you can yeah, you can watch you can us. Watch us and <laughs> yeah, good. It'll be great. You can see see what we're wearing and yeah, we're color coordinated. Uh, Steve and I are a little bit. So yeah, we're good. Um, yeah, and that's that's basically it. You always get the podcast at uncommonpodcast.com and share it with friends. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys again next week. Have a great week. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks so much.